it began in the halls of an improv classroom because improv taught me that I don't need to be fearless. I just need to keep showing up. And when I do that, I get more confident because confidence is really just repeated attempts of doing scary shit and living to talk about it, which makes you go to more scary stuff. That's confidence. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast where we shift your WTF moments into WTL moments and learn together how to transform your life and relationships through social-emotional learning. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, social-emotional learning experts and the co-founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. In each episode, we'll explore the five competencies of SEL, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making and share practical tips, stories, and strategies for building these skills in ourselves and others. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just looking to improve your own social-emotional well-being, this podcast is for you. Join us as we navigate the exciting and sometimes challenging world of SEL and discover the power that emotional intelligence has to transform our lives and communities. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to What's the Lesson, where we take all of your WTF moments and try to paint them as WTL moments. And I'm sure all of you are aware of that four-letter F word that I am referring to. You probably say it often, maybe not as often as I do, in terms of things that happen in your life that feel like they are happening to you, but realistically, we are flipping that perspective on its head and painting situations to happen for you because realistically, you can use every situation as a lesson in your life. And I'm so excited for the guests that we have on today. This is a new person in our circle. She moved here from OH bio um, a few months back. And she is now an Arizona resident, and I'm so excited that we've crossed paths um, through one of our female networking groups called The Foundress because she is literal glitter. She has sparkle in her eyes, in her steps, and we can stand to learn so much from the person that she is and her life experience. So without further ado, please put your hands together for the one and only Judy Holler. What's up? Welcome to the show. I am doing great. I am so glad to be here. I am, you know, definitely wishing you would follow me around life and introduce me everywhere I go. The energy and the feelings are mutual, my friend. And I'm just so hyped to be here. And I love the way you like brought us into the show. One of the things I like made a mental note of this notion of like, always, there's always a lesson, like always a lesson, you know, that is the essence of the, the improv theater. And that's my background. We'll probably jump into this at some point, but I'm like here for it. I think, you know, the one thing I wish I knew when I was younger was this notion of like, you know, God, be brave enough to move faster and be less perfect holler. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. It doesn't need to be perfect. Just move, 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 move. Cause it's the reps that make you confident and, and brave, you know? Gosh, and we could we could probably go in a million different directions with this, but can <laughs> that, that notion get it? <laughs> it can it can get exhausting thinking of that. Yeah. Like, what's the lesson here? What's this teaching me? And I think yeah. that's the big, big, big difference between having a closed mind and an open mind. Yes. Because yes, 
Is it exhausting? A hundred percent. But I know something that happened to me five years ago is going to serve me in a situation that I'm in five freaking years right. from now. So is it, is it something that I constantly have to be on my toes around a hundred percent, but I'm, I'm grateful for viewing life in that way. And I yes. love that you brought up improv because that is how I've gotten an introduction to you. So will you give my listeners just a uh, cliff notes around who you are for the world right now and a little bit of how you came to be that? Oh my gosh. So who I, who I am now in the world, I don't think I've ever been asked that question in that way. And I love it. I think now, you know, as a 46 year old woman who I am now in the world, and I can proudly say it is like, I hope I'm a fear, like a courage role model, like a fear role model, like someone out there as living proof that it's possible that you don't need <laughs> to be perfect and that you can be exactly who the F you are and actually do something really incredible with it. Like, and, and I hope to be living proof that Listen, I don't think we can be what we don't see, mm. you know, and as a little girl, not having that kind of close relationship with my mom, I had to like, go get that for myself and thank God for the women who showed up, who wore it, who built it, who did it, who said it, who showed me, who taught me, right? Because if they didn't, how would I even know what was possible? So I, I think today I am her, I am the woman out there being so that other women see that it's possible. And so that little girls know that they can be too. That's who I am now. And that's, that's who mm. I, I really strive to be. God, and that's a perfect representation of what I just said, right? Like something that happened to you in your childhood. You mentioned not having a great relationship with your mom, which we'll dive into a little bit. Something that you learned when you were however old, five, six, seven, eight, that wasn't a dance routine, serves you now as you are in your 40s and inspires other people. Yes, I love that. It's like, how can I go make things in the world? Like there was this a body of research done recently um, where they went into schools and they interviewed kids, um, like grade schoolers on what they thought adults were. And they had them like sort of sum up adults. And we were sort of summed up in three words. The kids see <laughs> us, the kids see us as big, boring, and busy. Oh, BBB, the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> <laughs> they see us as big, boring, and busy, just like the Better Business Bureau. Uh, but no, for real. So, so like, I'm kind of on a mission to change that. Let's be bold and brave and badass. Let's go be the women, the adults that little girls want to grow up and become, that kids want to grow up and become. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm on a mission to do that, and nothing makes me happier than to think of like myself at like 80 years old, like grandma Judy, like in full sequin, just, just like <laughs> straight up, you know, be, be, being timeless with the energy because, you know, I don't know, life's short and let's go get them. But most importantly, let's show them what's possible. And I don't know, I just want to be that in the world. And it took me a while to get here, but I'm grateful for the women who showed me the way because now I get to pass it on. And it makes me feel, mm. it makes me give no fucks about it either. I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast, but I give no, no Fs about it. Cause I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, like there is like, I am meant 
to do this weird special thing because I know that when I do the weird special thing, um, it's going to remind someone else that they can do their weird special thing. You know what I mean? A thousand percent. Yes. And you're, you're, yeah. you have a podcast and it's yes. And right. There's not a period there just yeah. because we didn't have something in one phase of our life doesn't mean we can't have it in another. And for my listeners who are obviously listening, cause this is a podcast, she is literally sitting next to two rose colored disco balls. If you think that she is not trying to make cool and bold and fearless a part of yeah, everyday conversation, sure. she sure is. So speaking of fear, you said there was fear, right? You want to be somebody that showcases that it's possible and fear doesn't have to hold you back. Yes. You literally wrote a book about it and it's yeah. called Fear is My Homeboy. Will you talk a little bit more about how that book came to be and some instances in your life that you had to overcome fear in order to be able to write a whole ass book about it? Okay. I love this question so much. And I think we need to start with this. The number one question I'll get, like, you know, is, you know, people say, okay, well, tell me something about you that people wouldn't guess. Like I'm on a panel, Q&A, whatever, interview. They'll go, well, what is something we wouldn't know about you? Like we may be surprised to learn about you. And I'm like, you want to know the truth? I'm like, the truth is I am the biggest Friday cat you will ever meet in your entire life. I am so scared. <laughs> I am. So, this is why I am qualified to write a whole book on fear, because let's talk about that. The reason I wrote the book is because my mind and my heart sort of blew up when I started doing improv theater because throughout eternity, I thought I had to be fearless. I was like, well, I'm not fearless. So I'm, I'm, I'm not worthy. I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. I'm a coward. I'm so I might as well just stay here in my little box. Like there's no way I'm not brave enough. I could never. Right. And then I get to the improv theater by night doing improv in these dark, steedy basement <laughs> rooms. Right. They're never like these glorious stages. Right. They're dark. and steedy. <laughs> Maybe, maybe five people are there. Maybe one person's there. Maybe it is a good room. It doesn't matter. But by day, I'm in like corporate America, okay? Like doing sales and marketing. So at night in these seedy dungeon improv rooms, I am literally playing with my fear. I am doing terrifying things. I am um, failing fast and hard and furious. I am uh, getting it wrong. I am uh, being myself. I am making mistakes. I am doing all kinds of things that felt really out of my comfort zone. But by day, um, I was being told to like be myself, but oh, copy us, will you? Or do whatever you want with the presentation, mm -hmm. but will you will you be BCC the leadership team we want to, or make sure you, you know, go be yourself in the presentation, but make sure you're wearing that suit. You know what I mean? Like I just, I was in the hospitality <laughs> hotel industry. So it was very corporate, right? And so what ended up happening was that all the things I was learning in the improv theater were making me really brave. I was sort of increasing my tolerance for pain, um, pain yeah. being fear, self-doubt, judgment, all that stuff. So by day, I'd like get really brave in the boardroom. I'd be like, no, that is not okay. Or, uh, hi, yeah, I, I need a raise. Or I I'm on this horrible match.com date and I'm out of here. I like, or this friendship is no longer serving me. It's time for me to exit mm -hmm. the relationship or might be time to hit the unfollow. Or, or how about this? Or maybe it's time to make a sales call. I just like pick up the phone. Like I started like playing with my, it was like, it became a game. Like I started playing with my fear because I was, 
I was getting so brave at night that I'm like, what if this bled into my like boardroom life? And it did. And so I realized like, hold up, yo, 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 what a lie I've been told. I actually don't need to be fearless. The hack here, the game, the real game is to play with it. Because the only way, like, the only way you're going to get strong in the gym is you got to pick up weights. The only way you're going to have a good relationship with your person is by dating them, right? The only way you're going right. to stay healthy is you got to take your vitamins. So I'm taking my vitamins. I'm taking vitamin B. I'm taking vitamin bravery. I'm taking vitamins. This is so cheesy, but like I'm taking vitamin C, vitamin courage. I'm taking vitamin A, vitamin <laughs> audacity. I'm just making this shit up, but you get my it. point. Like, like it's yeah. literally me going, oh, how today, how today can I get uncomfortable a little bit? And the more you do this, the braver you get. So it literally blew the lid off of fear for me. I was like, yo, I don't need to be fearless. And actually, fearless people, they're kind of crazy. You know, Elizabeth Gilbert, <laughs> I got to tell you this. Elizabeth Gilbert writes in her book, uh, Big Magic. Have you read it? Have you read it, Mary? Big Magic? Um, I have it. I have not read it yet, but I do oh, have it queued up. Rip into it. It is so good. Okay. In the book, she writes this line. Oh, especially for the work you're doing. It's just going to crack you wide open. It's so good. She has this line about fearless. She goes, listen, the only fearless people I know are five-year-olds and sociopaths. So no, <laughs> you, you don't need to be fearless, babe. You just need to be brave. And the way you get brave is you play with it. So that is kind of how my journey with fear began. It began in the halls of an improv classroom because improv taught me that I don't need to be fearless. I just need to keep showing up. And when I do that, I get more confident because confidence is really just repeated attempts of doing scary shit and living to talk about it, which makes you go to more scary stuff. That's confidence. Amen. I want whoever is listening to this to take note of that. It is just a repeated attempt at doing scary stuff. But what I want to ask in that is, A, how old were you when you first started improv? Okay, and B, yeah. what about improv was alluring to you? Because not everyone is going to find it through improv. So I want listeners to find themselves in your story. What is your big, scary thing? What is the thing that's confronting you that you are not doing? It might not be improv. It might be improv. Judy's going to be your person if it is improv. However, it might be something completely different. Find yourself in it. Oh my gosh. I love so. it. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, whether it's an improv classroom or a book you want to write or a conversation you need to have or a test you need to take or a school you want to get into or something you want to wear. I mean, sometimes we don't even wear what we want to wear because we're so worried about what other people are going to think. Right. Um, so I was 30 when I took my first ever improv class 30. And actually the story I tell in one of my keynotes is that, you know, I, I actually quit the first time. I mean, I, I paid the fee walked all the way to this improv classroom, um, stood in front of the classroom door, like full non-refundable fee, paid it and never went into the classroom and even lied when, when people asked if I was lost. Cause I'm sure I was kind of pacing, like trying to, do I go in, do I go in, do I not, do I not. Right. And so I, I lied and I, I left and it took me two years to go back, um, at the age of 32. And when I opened that classroom door the second time, it literally changed everything for me. You know, the first person I saw actually, you know, I show this photo in 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 my keynotes of my first ever improv ensemble. Um, literally, Mary, when I walked into the classroom door, okay, I thought I was too old at 30, which to me feels like a baby now. Um, but at the time <laughs> I felt like a fossil. 
but at the time I felt like a fossil, <laughs> like a dinosaur fossil. Um, but, but, but I showed this photo of, of my first improv ensemble and I circled the face of Shelly, who at the time was a 55 uh, year old university uh, of Chicago professor, um, taking improv to like think on her feet in the classroom. And then there's a guy, Frank, I circle him and he was 52 at the time. And he was a sales guy and he was just trying to take improv to like get more confident, like doing sales calls. Cause he was so nervous, you know? And so he went to the improv theater to like build some confidence. And so here I was for two years, like in this doubt in this. And so I guess the moral of the story is that brave moment right there reminds me every single day that sometimes, sometimes, most times, all it takes is three seconds of courage. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like, all I need, I just turned the handle. I just opened the door. I didn't, I didn't need to know anything else at that moment. I just had to like put my handle on the door and open it and then let that carry me into what's next. And I think the reason so many of us don't do our thing, whether it, it is a book or a class or a school or someone you want to ask out or a conversation you need to have with your kid, we don't do the thing because we're, we're so caught up in all the things that we need to do that we get so overwhelmed. We don't do anything. All we need to do is the first thing, just the first thing. And then ugh, momentum comes in and we're off to the races. You know, you just like three seconds of courage can change your life. You guys, have you heard that we're hosting a summer camp? Listen, you can go to a summer camp that kills time or you can attend a camp that leverages it. This summer, we aim to empower and inspire young women to pursue more. More confidence, more positive friendships, more community impact, more dreams and aspirations, more self-honoring and healthy habits. To explore more camp options, go to girlsmentorship.com. We can't wait to see you there. I go back to one of my favorite notions um, that has to do with the Bible. So whether you're religious, whether you're not, it doesn't matter. The The overarching theme here is God will show you the mountaintop and not the path, or he'll show Ugh. you the path and not the mountaintop. And you really just have to trust in taking that step, whether it's the one step, the three seconds of courage, because what I'm hearing in your story is that for two years, your lack of decision haunted you. <laughs> it poked you. It said, I'm still here. I, the, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, so no. you either live... You either live with me and regret form for the rest of your life, or you make a decision to conquer me. And I, I want that to resonate so loudly with who's listening because you have to make that, you have to take that chance. You have to make that decision or it's gonna live with you for the rest of your life. There's no way around it. The only way is through. Oh, and I think you painted you that picture it. so beautifully. You just nailed that. People, people love to be like, okay, well, Judy, how am I going to get rid of my fear? I want to get rid of my fear. I want to get, I want to overcome my fear. I'm like, babe, you will never get rid of your fear. You will never overcome it, but you can work with it. You can ride with it. You can work through it. You can face it. You can be in relationship with it. And you just said something so big. And I, I really want to make sure everybody hears this, the R word, regret. That is like my meter for the stuff I do in life. Like, I think a lot of people think like, oh my God, if I don't jump out of a plane, I'm not brave. Or, oh my God, if I'm not free soloing Mount Everest, like you have to do these <laughs> crazy things to be brave. And I'm like, no, dude, like I kind of think like, okay, if I'm 85, 90 and I'm going to regret it, I got to do it. 
But if mm. I if I will like I will never be 90, Mary, and go, God, I wish I would have jumped out of that plane. I have no desire to jump out of a plane. So I don't need <laughs> to jump out of a plane to go be brave. But I'll give you a silly example. Um, not silly, it means so much to me, but I ha- have had this idea for a tattoo for so long. You know, my hand, my my last name and my dad's handwriting and I was so afraid, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. But I'm like, you know what? I'd regret it if I didn't do it. I'd regret it if I didn't mm. do it. So I did it. I got the tattoo and oh my God, it was the best thing. And of course now I want a hundred, but like, like you, if you will regret it, you have to at least try. I knew if I didn't take level A improv, no matter what ended up happening the rest of the time, for me, it ended up becoming a seven year journey, changed my entire life. But I knew if I just if I didn't go to the first class, like I would have regretted that the rest of my life. So mm. I had to do it. And like, you don't want to like, there's nothing worse. I mean, regrets avoidable. I'd rather have some temporary dis- discomfort than the avoidable pain of, of, of regret that yeah. I don't want to just be in that place. I don't want to, and you can avoid regret too. And that's, what's crazy. So a little bit of discomfort, a little bit of discomfort can help you avoid like, you know, the pain of regret in the long term. Well, and what a beautiful meter, right? And just Mm -hmm. as a disclaimer, obviously we're talking about healthy decisions. We're talking healthy versus unhealthy. We're not saying if you're not, if you're going to regret chugging that handle of vodka, I was a teenager once. So I feel like I have to throw that out there. I made regrettable, unhealthy decisions. And some of what we're talking teaches us, right? Like, you oh. know, a bad hangover. What's the us. lesson? <laughs> so again, yeah. what's the lesson? WTL. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in this instance, it's like, what is going to push you? You you talked earlier about the, the corporate box you were in, like, be yourself, but in these confines, what's going to yeah. push you outside of that box? What's going to get you to look up from your day-to-day activities, your blinders, what's going to get you to take those off and experience that discomfort. And what I love so much about the work Jill and I get to do Mm, is we get to be that survival guide for girls, right? You learn a couple of different ways. You learn by doing that DIY do it yourself approach, which obviously at this age, we've all done. You learn by books and podcasts like this, or you learn by hiring professionals that have gone and done it for you. And I'm so into two and three. It took me a long time to get to two and three. For a long time, I was misindependent. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it myself based on my childhood, which I know we have some similar stories to share in that because that's that's how I grew up. That's what I was forced to do. So it was like home for me. It was comfortable for me to be uncomfortable and not ask for help. But in this day and age, like we're saying this, this conversation is so rich and such an incredible survival guide because we've done it and we're telling you how to do it faster. So if you're listening and you're in your teens or you're a parent who has a teenager, this is where you get to challenge your kids to go out and intentionally fail, to try out for the team that they don't know that they're necessarily going to make in order to get the feedback. So I I love that so much as a meter. Are you going to regret it? And if so, how can you make a plan to actually go do it? It's so good. I think another thing we could tap into here, you just said something so beautiful that sparked something. Like I think a lot of times, you know, as parents or as uh, people with kids in our lives that we love, right? Uh, Maybe even sometimes ourselves, we want to protect so much so that there's no pain. And there's got to be some pain. And 
one of the things I write about in my book is uh, mistake parties, failure parties, like literally <laughs> throwing a party. Like I would do this in corporate America all the time where like we'd miss a revenue goal and you've been in a million of these meetings where it's like, well, oh, get in the boardroom and <laughs> we missed our target and everybody sucks and this is the worst. And, oh my God. I like, I get me, like take this pencil and stab it in my eye. But what is No what pizza if? party for no you. No pizza party for you. So why don't we turn it into one, right? Like, so- what I was, you know, after the improv theater, I was like, well, maybe let's celebrate this failure and like maybe flip it on its head and like put on a vibey Spotify playlist, get some freaking cake pops from Starbucks, get some <laughs> straight up confetti, get a flip chart, get some whiteboard, get some markers, like whatever. Let's get the failure, the thing like that got, that was wrong or bad or didn't work up on a board. And instead of like going down that rabbit hole, let's instead like celebrate what we learned, the guts it takes to try, like how we're better, smarter, and faster. Like these are the leaders to work for, the people to be around and the teams we want to be on. But if you take it into the house, there's this beautiful example Sarah Blakely gives. I don't know if you've heard her story about how she grew up around the dinner table. You know, I don't know if it's ever been shared on your podcast, but I think it's worth repeating. Mm -hmm. So she grew up in this environment where her dad and they would sit around. I mean, this is in the 80s when everybody was coming around. Most families were coming around the dinner table having dinner, right? There wasn't all the distractions we had today. Distractions, but different. So anyway, her dad would have this little thing and he's like, all right, guys, cool. Everybody, everybody goes around the room and, and says a failure of the day. Like, what did you get mm -hmm. wrong? How did you fail? So things would happen like, well, I didn't make cheerleading or I got a C in science or like, and instead of being like, oh, boo hoo, poor you, it was literally like pop the like, what is the like non-alcoholic, like grape juice, right? It was like, <laughs> yeah, celebrate. And like, Sarah's like, you know, this billionaire, she's like, I grew up in this environment where my threshold for failure was like non-existent. Like we just moved. And we just took what was happening right. to us and kept moving and talked about it. And I think that is the conversation. And that's what's happening in improv houses all over the country. So are you creating environments where people feel safe to share, to be seen, to fail, and to do it again and again and again and again? Because I've been a teenager and I know you have too, Mary. And I have a feeling we would have probably been friends. Because let me tell you something. The reason I was a shit. And the reason I didn't talk to my parents and the reason I lied and I got in a lot of trouble is because I could not trust. I felt no trust. I did not feel safe to say, to fail, to get it wrong. So I would rather avoid that and just lie and take my chances, which, right. you know, didn't really work out well. So again, you know, we, we need to keep our kids safe and our, our people we love safe, but we also need to give some bandwidth to like, get it wrong and to celebrate right. the guts it takes to, to keep moving despite it. Well, and if you don't know Sarah Blakely's story, obviously she went and sold door-to-door -door fax machines fax for machines, copy yo. machines before she freaking started Spanx, which now is a billion dollar company that just sold for billions of dollars. dollars. So and you're right. It's, yeah. it's, it's written right there. Like we have the example and I think what's so poignant is we get programming from our parents, right? It's passed down through generation over yes. generation over generation. Yeah. And we think that that's the best way to go about raising our kids or running our life. When our challenge, my literal challenge, what Jill and I say all the time is stop and mm. question yourself. 
ask yourself questions. Is this the best way to do this? Am I, I, am I being the best possible parent I can be? Because if we don't get if we don't flex our self-awareness muscle, we have no idea if what we're doing or how we're parenting is the best for the child in front of us. It may not have been the best for us as children, so why are we carrying it on? Because mm, it's, it's a so habit. It's, it's literally ingrained in us. So I, I love that you brought that up. It's so true. We need to create an environment for our kids to feel comfortable to fail. And they're not going to like it. But that's why you're their parent. You get to push them to be uncomfortable as well. Yes. And it's a skill. Like, how do you think Sarah Blakely could do door-to-door fax sales calls and get kicked out of a million buildings? Her tolerance for pain was so high. Why do you think she became a international multi-billion dollar entrepreneur? Because it is hard. And you are going to get turned down and rejected at every corner. And people cannot do that. There are people that won't even pick up the phone and make a sales call. They won't ask for what they want. Like, if you can't ask for what you want, how are you going to build a business? So, like, you have to have a tolerance for pain a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, pain being failure here. And so, God, what a skill. What a skill to have soon. So, instead of being like, oh, no, I'm so sorry that didn't work out. You failed. No, I'm so glad that didn't work out. Boom. Look at you. Look at how strong you are. Let's do it again Mm -hmm. and again and again and again. And you become a machine. And it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. You just bounce back. I mean, girl, I have fallen off stages in front of 2000 people. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, all right, let's go. Whoops. Like, what what am I going to do? Like, oh, we're getting back up. Are they going to laugh at me? Great. I'm going to laugh at myself. I so, I love, I love, I love that. And one of, I, I say it, I feel like I say it in every podcast, but it's worth repeating. We're not raising kids. We're raising adults. And in order for them to be successful and go out and flourish and be positive, contributing members of society, we have to challenge them in that way. We can't shield them from pain. We can't shield them from regret. I know mama's hearts everywhere break when they see something bad happen to their kids. Of course. guess what? It's a good thing. It's a good thing in in the long run. Short-term consequences for long-term freaking behavior change. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. It's so true and so important. It's like, why don't we teach this stuff in school? But then there's uh, the, the, the blessing of, of girls mentorship and people like you that are out there doing it because, um, this should be like a curriculum, like, like we need a failure curriculum in schools. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? True. I mean, we're talking about dinosaur industries here, unfortunately, that are just so hard to penetrate in terms Archaic. of wanting to change. It's crazy. It's um, crazy. Okay. So if you didn't gather from this conversation, Judy is obviously now after seven years worth of improv, um, a published author and a keynote speaker. And I would love for you to share just a couple of the topics aside from fear that you talk to corporations about, that you talk to big businesses about, that you talk to small rooms about, because I would love if somebody listening to this episode was like, loved it, would love to bring her into my company, actually did, because I mean, gold. We got to sit in on one of her talks a few weeks back at our female networking group, like I said, and every person in the room was hanging on by the skin of their teeth. I mean, if if people didn't walk away with something from that conversation, then they weren't in the room. So it, it has been a blessing to Jill and I to get to know you in these short couple of months that you've been here, but I would love for mm-hmm. you to just 
dive a little deeper into what you actually um, go teach on, talk about. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for that. Feelings are mutual and I really receive it. It means a lot, um, especially coming from you. You know, I, in an, in a nutshell, I help teams, companies, leaders, and organizations sort of do three things. I help them collaborate better, mm-hmm. right? Like really create environments. Like how do we create an ensemble, you know, a, you know, a, a great team? How do we create an environment where people feel safe enough to thrive and creative enough to thrive and all of that, right? I help people perform better. Like how do we take more confident action? Basically, how do we get off autopilot and move, right? We need people to move and leaders and organizations need their people to perform at their best. So are you cool inside of work? Like, are you thriving in this company? And are you also thriving at home? Like, are you cool? Are you happy at home? Because happy people do great stuff in companies and happy people in companies do great stuff out in life. Like, so it's a holistic Mm. conversation, okay? And then three, we talk about the shine factor, which is really results, right? Because I believe people who are lit up from the inside out change the world and change companies. And Mm -hmm. and these are the people we want to be around and work with. So shine is our way of saying uh, in a very disco ball sequin way uh, that we, you know, we want to talk about what it looks like to shine because when you shine, you get results. So it's kind of like this, this algorithm of collaboration and performance, high performance habits, and just really uh, the courage to shine bright AF. And um, I do that by using improv. So my, my talks are really interactive and I get people up mm-hmm. on stage and we do improv and then we talk about it. And it's, it's just, um, you know, they're, they're conversations that really help leaders, organizations and, and women, um, sort of think differently about how they live, lead and learn, you know, in a nutshell. And improv is always at the I root mean- of everything I do. That's my twist. I love, I love, I love, love, love. And I see so much of the work that we do, like social emotional learning is what you just said. So parents, don't you want your girls to collaborate with you? Don't you want to be on the same team with your kids? Don't you want them to go out and make friends in a way that is collaborative and loving? Don't you want them to shine? Don't you want them to be happy in school and outside of school? Like it, there's so much synergy in this conversation with social emotional learning. I just freaking love you. And I know our audience will too. Resources. You obviously have a book. I named it earlier called Fear is My Homeboy. I'm assuming they can find that on your website or Amazon. Amazon. All the places. Yeah. Okay. It's literally hot pink. If for nothing (laughs) else, it's beautifully aesthetically in my pink office. So aside from reading it and gaining all the knowledge, it also looks real darn good. It was strategic. Um, That was strategic. strategic. I I can tell. You are also coming out with something called Speaker School. Will you tell us a little bit more about that? We are. So if you are listening and you are someone, or maybe you know someone who wants to either A, speak on stage, like literally professionally like me. Like I knew I was like a baby. I was like a baby keynote speaker in grade school. Like I did speech meets when everybody was playing volleyball. Like I have always sort of (laughs) felt this calling to do this. Right. So, you know, if you're that person, um, I have created and am launching my first ever course to help you do that. How do you get on stage? What do you do when you get on stage? And then what happens on the other side of the stage? 
Um, and then I also have created this course for the, the person who maybe has a business or a brand and they know that stepping on stage and sharing their light, their message, their, their mantra, their products, their services with the world will bring more eyeballs back onto the work we're doing. They're doing sell more product, move books, bring people into their community. Like I just want to get women on stage. And so I am literally Mm. taking 10 years of, of keynote speaking and I've packaged it into a course that um, is going to help women figure out how to do it and, and shave some of the learning curve off of uh, the process. Um, But also, you know, of course, we're going to talk about fear and the imposter syndrome and the high performance habits that are required Um, when we start to level up and put ourselves into the arena, whatever that arena is for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to grow, you're going to have to make big moves. And so as you make those big moves in your life and in your career, are you thinking about how you're protecting yourself, your mind, your energy, your personal ensemble? Like, because what got you here isn't going to get you there. So what is what does the trajectory look like, right? And who do you have to become? And and if you have your eyes on something real big, whether it's a book or speaking in an arena or starting a business, you know, who do you have to become in order to get that, you know? And so there's a lot of mental priming that is a part of the process, certainly as you keep in, I mean, I've been in the game for 10 years and to sustain that even through a global pandemic, which shut down my industry is, it requires some pretty serious stamina and um, some pretty strong mental wealth practices that keep me uh, moving uh, when I don't want to (laughs) move. When I want to throw in the towel. (laughs) I heard what I I do. I'm sharing what I do. Yeah. You know, and there's this Uh, quote, like, I guess the final thing I'll say, Mary, real quick is like, there's this great quote by uh, Dalai Lama. He he says like the women of the West are going to rule the world. And I'm like, I I agree, Dolly. I agree. Uh, But let's get them on stage. Cause I think when, when we get them on stage, it's going to help. It's going to be a lot easier to do that. So whether it it is literally um, a podcast stage or uh, a sales meeting at work or or um, literally a stage stage. I mean, are you ready? And 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 All how the are you crushing stage, that? baby? Yeah, how are you crushing All that? All the world's a stage. And how are you yeah. leveraging um, it? Yeah. Well, and I think it's very incredible timing the fact that we we met you because we have just started dipping our toes into keynote speeches and getting be. in front of crowds. So we will be enrolling in speaker school oh my gosh, in order should. to get more of your goodness. And like I said a few minutes ago, like there's three ways to learn. I don't want the DIY approach anymore because I don't have an ego about it. I would like to get somewhere a little faster than with someone else's help and expertise than I would on my own. And we can't wait to (gasps) be on more stages in the next coming years because our message Toot my own horn here is needed in the entire freaking world. And I can't wait for the world to hear it. Um, and what you just did so- there is big though. I hope everybody's listening. Just, did you hear how Mary even spoke about it? Like there has to be a belief, right? Because we, if we don't have anything to aim at, then like, if you, like, I loved everything you just said because you are it and you, you do need to be on stage and you girls are special and you're brilliant. Like you're talented. You, you can orate so well. So you have so many skills that so many people don't even have. So now, okay, how do we refine that? How do we find the right places? And then how do we just pour rocket fuel onto it with like some sales practices and some lead generation, a little bit of swagger of courage on top of it, you know, so we can go pick up the phone and find those things. But uh, yeah, Mary, absolutely. Like, women like you are who this, this course was made for, for sure. 
for you know, sure. We're in it. And I, yeah, I can't wait to reference this podcast in a few years and be like, see, see, I we manifested it. It's out there. It's awesome. Like this, you, <laughs> when you've got something in mind, you create it twice, right? It's in your mind's eye first, then you see it to see it, then it's out into the real world. And I can't wait for what's going on in our brains to be fully out into the real world because it's coming and it's been a long time coming. And our survival guide is based on so much of our experience, just like you. So I'm so glad we were able to get you on the show. Um, she is at Judy Holler on Instagram, very yeah. active there. We'll include all the things in the show notes, but Judy, Thank you so much for coming on. One final question. It's a big one and it can go a, a multitude of different directions. However, I feel like you have, you've got the perfect answer. If there is one WTL moment that's taught you more than anything in this life, what is it? That's easy. We don't fake it till we make it. We make it till we make it. Mm. I need you to show up as you sooner than later. Because the second you do that, you'll find your people, your life, your way, your clients, instead of this fake version of yourself's clients, people, and opportunities. So, babe, we make it till we make it. We don't need to fake anything. Woo. We would um, drop our mics on that one, but they are connected to something, so we can't drop them. But y'all, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Until next time, we'll see you back on What's the Lesson. Ciao. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in with us. If you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one of the following ways. By sharing this episode with a friend or tagging us on your social media, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review, or by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Geneva for girls and parents in the show notes. This is a place where we exchange ideas, post questions, and provide support to each other. Until next time, you guys, remember, being able to shift our WTF moments and finding the lesson instead saves us time and mental energy. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.